Hey Mavens, before diving into today's episode, I need to make sure that you are all in the know about our Master Mavens membership. This is your support in building the beauty business of your dreams. Our goal when creating the Master Mavens membership was to provide ongoing education, resources, and support in growing your beauty businesses. When you sign up to be a Master Maven, you will get immediate access to an exclusive community of Master Mavens, two monthly self-coaching resources straight to your inbox, two monthly group coaching calls with your Master Beauty Mavens, that's us, exclusive discounts on any Beauty Mavens education or products, and access to our Maven Education Library, which is full of templates, spreadsheets, and more. Plus discounts on one-on-one and two-on-one coaching. Trust me, you don't want to miss out on this. Your Master Maven investment is only $49 a month with no contracts. You can cancel whenever, no questions asked. I want to share with you guys what one of our Mavens posted in our Facebook group this week. I signed up for this class needing to get a hold of my business and me. I have big dreams but have no idea how to execute them. I actually prepaid for the class for the whole year before the first worksheet. So I jumped in on blind faith. With only two worksheets behind me and only one coaching call, my work world is changing. Sometimes you don't know when, where, or what was said that made that switch, but it has, and I know I will get a lot more of those. You ladies are putting in so much time and work into these, and you are changing lives. Thank you so much for what you are doing. So if you are like Stephanie and ready to see real changes in your business leading you closer to your dream life, then stop what you're doing, head over to masterbeautymavens.com and sign up for the membership and we will see you in our Facebook group. Now, let's get into today's episode. Welcome to the Beauty Mavens podcast. Kristen and Madison are creating a space where the beauty obsessed can feel empowered to dream big and achieve their goals. It's awesome. Interviewing other mavens in the beauty industry to discover their secrets to success and how they got to be the expert that they are. Brought to you by a sister duo of estheticians and entrepreneurs. Here's your hosts, Kristen D'Oliveda and Madison Annis. guest is a spray tanning educator and beauty business coach. After working a corporate job for seven years, she started a small mobile spray tanning business with the last $2,000 in her bank account. With a lot of grit, messy action, and an insatiable yearning to learn all things marketing and sunless tanning, she was able to grow her small biz into a multi-six-figure international business in just a few years. Her spray tan courses have gained massive momentum and now travel to train groups of women around North America with women from all over the world who fly in to work with them. After six years of being in business, she has learned that expansion happens to both her business and herself simultaneously. The more she grows, the more the business grows. She's a huge advocate of personal development, and she now hosts a women's mindset and business growth live event and podcast called Wake Up to Level Up, which is her number one pride and joy. Please welcome to the podcast, Kelly Ann Callahan. Yeah, you said it right. You're good. It's so cute. It like flows so good. Right? Kind of rhymes. I feel like my parents did that on purpose. I'm like, good job. I love it. (laughs) Okay, so let's start. Let's like back up. Let the people hear your story, how you grew this business. I mean, I'm sure there's so many details that go into it. So we'll just do like a little recap. 
Um, thank you ladies so much for having me. I'm really excited to share my story and to let you guys know a little bit more about me and how I transitioned into the beauty industry. Um, so when I was 16, I actually had my first beauty job and that was doing uh, just tanning. I was, it was UV bed tanning and it wasn't, I don't know, it was kind of one of those like first jobs. You really just don't really take it seriously. You're just behind the desk. You're a receptionist. It wasn't like that big of a deal. And um, so I was doing that for about a year. And I think that that's kind of how I got my foot into the door. But um, after that, I realized very quickly that UV tanning probably wasn't the best idea for my mm -hmm. skin and for the way that I wanted to look and, and just being health conscious back then and still today. It's not the direction that I really wanted to go in. So um, I ended up just leaving uh, LA area and I moved to San Diego where I started working in sales. So I've been in sales for, I was in sales for a long time since I was 18, I believe up until about 25, 26. And I was working corporate, the nine to five hustle. It was all gravy when it came to uh, the income I was making, you know, I was making six figures by around the age of 25, but it was soul sucking. It wasn't anything that I was super passionate about. Um, so I ended up just quitting out of nowhere. And thankfully, I had saved some money. So that way, I was able to travel a little bit. And then after about 18 months, I was like, I have no money. <laughs> so we kind of need money to survive. And I just remember looking in this or writing ideas for entrepreneurs entrepreneurial stuff in my journal. And I went back to that journal and I looked at it. And one of the things was mobile spray tanning. I don't know how this idea popped up because I never had a mobile tan, never even knew that was something that existed, but I must've been doing research of some sorts on how, like what businesses to start. And so what I did was I ended up um, going ahead and just doing some research. And I realized pretty quickly that it wasn't something that was um, going to be too expensive to start up. And because I had no business background, I didn't want to take like a huge, huge risk and start a salon or invest too much money. Cause I really honestly doubted myself back then. I had no idea. Um, and so I started the business with my last $2,000. I actually made the return on my investment within a month just by using social media and just by asking people like, hey, do you know what spray tanning is? Is that something that would be interesting to you or is something that you'd be interested in or anybody um, that you would know that would be interested in it? And uh, so from there, I was able to grow that small mobile spray tanning business and then get into a um, room where I rented out a space. And then from there, it kind of just continued growing and growing and growing into what it is now, which is um, we do have a salon here in San Diego. And I also offer spray tan class courses, um, which is now known internationally. And I've been able to make a multi six figure business out of that small little idea. So it's been really, really fun. Of course, there's hardships throughout that, which I'm sure we'll get into, but yeah, more fun than anything. <laughs> so I love this industry. It's seriously been like, I'm so glad I'm in it, but also yeah. like so cool that you were able to build this, so bit this huge business out of like your little idea, but also out of just a little bit of money. Like $2,000 yeah. is not a lot of money. You know, when it comes yeah. to starting a business, people invest like hundreds of thousands. And like the fact that in the beauty industry, we can just invest a couple thousand and like have a return on investment in a month. That's insane. So thanks for Almost sharing like that. 
Yeah, I think a lot of people a lot of people think it's a lot harder than it is. And I think it was easy to start the business. I think what was difficult was actually sustaining the business and having the passion and the drive, the momentum and the energy to continue going on like an everyday basis, uh, basically. So. so if you could start your business today with everything that you know now, what would you have done differently in the beginning? That's a great question. I think I would have asked for help. Yeah, I would have asked her for help because... I still today have, um, I struggle with that. I struggle with asking for help. Although I do have a really nice team now. I have three girls that work at the salon. I have a group of um, 15 women who train for me. And then I also have VAs and uh, graphic designers and web designers and marketing guys and all of that stuff. Now, knowing that it does take an investment to actually invest in help, obviously, Mm -hmm. but so much less stress with that which um, creates more of a fulfilling life because back then, from what I can remember between the very, very beginning until probably about three or four years in, it was me hustling by myself 24-7 because I was afraid to invest my money. Um, But I took on all the work because I just felt like I didn't want to invest. There was a scarcity type of mindset going on there. And I wish I would have known, you know, girl, if you invest your money, you're going to be able to grow this business faster, quicker, and with a lot of um, ease. It's going to be more fun and a lot more gracefully, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, and I think when you ask people for help, it it always comes full circle because by asking someone for help, you're also helping them build their business to then help you build your business. So just a win-win-win. Yeah. Yeah. I want to go back before what you were saying. You said, um, oh, crap. (laughs) It was right before Kristen asked this question. You were talking about, one second, let me, oh, like sticking with it. Like you said, it was harder. It was easy to start, but it was hard to stick with the business and like keeping that momentum every day. So what are some things that you have done that have helped you? Because I know a lot of people feel those slumps or, you know, when you just don't feel motivated, you don't feel inspired, it all feels too much. What's, What's kept you going and like any tips for someone who maybe feeling that? Yeah. So I'm naturally a very, like I'm a visionary. So I see the potential for anything to grow. And I think I saw that from the very beginning of my business. I saw it where I was like, I'm not going to always be doing mobile spray tanning. I'm going to be a leader in this industry. I'm going to be an expert in this industry. I'm going to do everything that I can to make sure I'm the best of the best. So that way I can actually charge what I feel like I'm worth and also create a really sustainable um, business and eventually like a legacy with that. So I think personally, it was just having that vision tight in my mind and really understanding that that was possible for me. So that just, I mean, I still wake up at like two, three, four o'clock in the morning because I have so many crazy ideas and I'll write them all down and I act upon it. So for me, it's like, I've seen the growth between the time that I started till now. And like, I don't want to stop, you know? So for me, it's just like that. Um, it's like just this innate passion to want to become better and better. And I will say in 2018, it was, um, I actually almost lost all of my businesses because I went through a really, really tragic and like traumatic event, which was a separation from my then husband, um, who was suffering from like addiction and all of these things that I wasn't really aware of. And because of that, I know what it feels like to like not want to have 
to do anything or not do anything at all. Like just being in bed, closing the blinds, not wanting to talk to anybody and being super, super depressed. So for those women who are listening, who are like, well, that's great for you. You have so much energy. Like, no girl, I was like right there with you. And, um, in that time of struggle, I had to realize like, it's okay to slow down. Like it's okay to chill out and really take care of yourself. And, um, really that's when I started delegating the work. Honestly, that's what that taught me is to open up and delegate the work because um, if I didn't do that, I was at this point where I was going to lose my businesses. So I had to invest the money into hiring people to help me out. But what got me out of that situation um, was realizing at one point, like, I deserve this. You know, I deserve a really great life. I deserve a great business and the people who I serve deserve me. So I needed to just, you know, get back up on my own two feet and really move forward. And I think that's the mindset that allowed me to get like back up and out of bed essentially. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That I think is, I mean, a lot of people, especially with social media, we only see like like, I would have never known that. And just looking at you, I would have been like, oh, man, like, she's got it all together. You know what I mean? Like, of course she's successful. Like you said, look at her energy. Look at this. But knowing that, like, you've been there, too, I think is really inspiring. And it will inspire a lot of our listeners. And I think people are showing it more on social media. But still, mm-hmm. like, so many of us get caught into that, like, comparison trap. And you look at someone who's ahead and you just think you can't get there because you don't realize where they have started or where they've like gone through in the middle. So I Mm -hmm. I appreciate you sharing that. I'm sure it'll resonate with a lot of people. Yeah. I just have a question for you guys really quick. Yes. Um, Are we recording this? Cause I don't see like the little record icon on my end. So I want to make sure. Yeah. We're recording it on a different like software. Okay, cool. (laughs) Okay, cool. I just want to make sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, Yeah. To your point, I do agree. I, I think that we're going into this place where authenticity, is going to trump like all of the fake shit that's out there. Um, for me personally, I do try to have both in out there. Like, so I have my stories where it's like, girl, the struggle was real. And then also I like to um, promote my successes too, because I also want people to know that this is possible for them because I'm not special. There's nothing special about me. It's just a matter of having that vision and actually doing the work, which is where I think most people stop. It's like they have the vision and then they have all of these fears that come along with it. So they just stop. But if you're able to like push through those fears, work with those fears and really understand like a lot of that, that fear is just like made up stories in your head. Um, then a lot of people with that knowledge, they're able to move forward. So there's nothing special about anybody who's successful. It's just a matter of, you know, doing the work and putting the action behind it. Well, and I think a lot of people, don't necessarily have like a vision. They just have a million ideas or like maybe Mm. they know what they want, but they don't have it like a clearly written out vision, which is actually what we've been working on in our monthly program is like writing out a vision statement, like write down exactly what it is that you're building. So then when you like lose your momentum or you go through something hard, you always know what you're looking forward to, but having it be like clear and concise. Mm. Um, And I also wanted to ask you, Because you did talk a lot about um, vision and mindset. Is there any like practices or things that you do to help you keep on track with your vision or mindset? Yeah, absolutely. So I have always been really interested in mindset. I actually have a BA in psychology. So that's something that was always interesting to me ever since I was very little. And um, ever since I 
was into reading, I was always interested in self-help books and that sort of thing. Like I don't read anything other than self-help really. Um, now a little bit of business here and there, but mostly self-help. So I think the foundation of having anything successful, whether that's a relationship, a business, um, successful, like self-love, all of that stuff comes from uh, really understanding that the foundation is confidence, is self-love. It's like mindset work. And so for me personally, I tried to be very, very aware of my thoughts. Um, so that's first and foremost. And it's like that first thought that comes into my mind, I don't own that thought because sometimes it could be jealousy. It could be anger. It could be resentment. It could be a negative thought. And I think a lot of us, I would say a hundred percent of us really struggle with that, you know, so some thought, maybe like comparison, for example, like you see somebody doing what you want to do. And then you're like, Oh, like I'm, you know, you're hating on her in your mind, but not owning that thought and being able to understand that, like, all right, let me pivot that thought and let me change that. So that way I can feel like a good human being, but also I'm not sitting in this like negative shit. Like it's, you know, you don't want to be in that space. That sucks. Um, you want to be super confident enough to be like, go girl, like you do you, I'm watching you. I am so like impressed by what you're doing and it inspires me to want to become better. So really your thought process and being aware of that and changing your thoughts, but also something that's really helped me. And, and by the way, all of these things take time and practice um, because it's not something that just so you do once, you have to be consistent with it in order for it to work. But the next thing would be um, like meditation and visualization exercises. So I do these hand in hand every single morning and every single night. So it's um, just basically, I think a lot of people just think that meditation is like being a monk, not talking and like that sort of thing, but it's not like that. Um, it's very, it's being just very present with your breath, being able to sit um, and if thoughts pop up, that's fine. Acknowledge them, let them go. And then once I'm done meditating just for a couple of minutes, then I go into my visualization exercises, which is essentially just embodying in my mind, the person or the business or whatever it is that I want um, inside my mind. So it's kind of like, it's kind of like a movie playing of what I want to happen in the future. And so because of that, I think the vision, like you had mentioned is so strong and it's just on repeat in my mind. So I know exactly like what it feels like, what it looks like, who's involved, what I'm doing and all of that stuff. Because when you don't do that, like I feel like I'm scatterbrained at that point. I have ADHD. So I'm definitely scatterbrained just <laughs> naturally. But, you know, with that vision held right here, I'm able to replay that over and over again. And it helps me focus on that. That's so good. And you're there's been studies that show like your brain, your subconscious doesn't know the difference between like the present and the future. So keeping that vision, but I think the key is having it like the same vision being so clear and specific and your emotions are tied to it. And it's more than just like, Oh, I want this and thinking about it, but it's like really, really having that vision and going back to it every day. Like you said, you do twice a day. And then that's your subconscious doesn't know that that's in the future or it, and so then it makes it happen. So totally. Yeah. I love that you said that because it's so true. And a lot of people don't know that. So it's such a powerful tool. And I think more than even just envisioning it in your mind, it's important to get into the feeling as if you already have it, because I could literally feel it in my body when I'm in that zone of like, being there, you know, I could feel like tingling in my body. It's definitely shifting 
like the vibration within my body. And so I feel like because of that, again, the subconscious mind looks for those opportunities or attracts those opportunities. So I'm glad that you mentioned that. Yeah, it's, I've been getting really into, I think you have too, we've both been getting into practicing meditation and I'm not very good at it. I need to like set alarms and be better at it, but it is something that I am starting to get into. Girl, it's a process. Yeah. You'll get there. It's a practice. It's a meditation (laughs) practice for a reason. It takes a lot of practice, but, um, Another thing, like you said, we're like talking about going back to this. One thing that I found helpful is thinking of it as if you already had it and like being grateful for it. Like being like, I am grateful that I have this and showing your gratitude, even though you don't have it right now, but while you're doing that. And then I think your, your energy of gratitude also like attracts the things that you want. So Yeah. And I love that you said that too, because I was having a morning this morning and you can see me now I'm like super hyper and just really happy. But in the morning I was struggling for some reason and you have those days, nobody's perfect. Right. But I would say 95% of the time I am like this, I'm just super happy and energetic. But this morning, like my mind kept on going into what was wrong. I was like, you know, it just kept on going there and I knew it and I was aware of it. And so I was trying to bring it back around. Like, what am I grateful for? What am I grateful for? What am I grateful for? And it just wasn't really working that well. So what I ended up doing was like actually like having to sit down and write everything out. Like, what am I grateful for? Why am I grateful for it? Um, And then it changes my uh, my perspective to, wow, like I, this is everything that I've ever wanted and why I'm not grateful. Like that's, I'm being a dick right now. So like I need to stop <laughs> being this way and start really focusing on like what is going on and the reality of like how truly appreciative I am of everything that's happening right now. So I love that because that is the key. And I think a lot of us, like maybe you girls um, can relate to this, but like our minds go to that negative thing. Whenever you get a bad review on your podcast, whenever you have like a bad review on Yelp or whatever mm-hmm. the case may be, it's like, that's the thing that sticks out most to our mind. But what about the 20,000 other like amazing reviews and feedback that we've got? Like oftentimes we forget about that. So it's really being like real with yourself and being, it's all feedback. Like I, I realize like everything is just feedback. Can I improve in this or, you know, what's the reality of it? So it's, I try my hardest not to go in the direction of like that one mistake that I made or that one bad review and really focus on like the impact that I'm having. That's really good. I'm going to put a little like tag right here because I want to make a quote out of what you just said. I thought that was <laughs> yeah. Okay, 20, okay. Um, okay, now I just uh, got distracted by doing that. But, oh. Case. Oh, I'm trying to talking to you and with all the success that you had, I'm sure you got some routines, but I want to know what like a day in your life is like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I wake up literally, I'm not kidding. People think I'm joking. Um, between two and four o'clock in the morning, every morning. I don't know why I feel like my brain just like, I get so excited about all of the ideas. So I wake up, I meditate. I do my visualization exercises. I um, basically just start working almost right away because I feel most inspired. And I think some people would say, don't do that. I would say, do whatever feels good to you. And I start working. So I work for a couple of hours and typically after maybe two or three hours, I'll go to the gym 
for a little bit and been a little bit of a struggle for me to get there. But typically, um, it's something that I try to incorporate because I feel like when I move my body, I feel the best and most Mm -hmm. energetic. And then from there, it is just pretty much work for the entire day. Um, And some people are like, that's crazy, Kelly. I can't believe you work so much. But honestly, it's like a hobby for me. Like, I love it. I love doing my YouTube channel, my podcast. I love meeting new women around the, the area. I go, love to go to Slay, my salon, and, and hang out with the girls there. Um, I do a lot of things on Instagram and Facebook. So it's just kind of one of those things. It's it's a kind of a free-for-all. I've been trying to really get structured in my days. So it's like Monday is podcast day. Tuesday is blogging day. Wednesday, it's this day. And really trying to put forth the effort there. But a lot of the times it's very hard for me to do that because I want to feel super inspired when I'm doing a podcast or when I'm doing a YouTube video. So it doesn't always pan out the way that I expect it to pan out. So I'm very flexible, but as long as I get my weekly stuff done, it doesn't really matter to me what day is which day. So whether it's video recording day or otherwise. Yeah. You have to be flexible being an entrepreneur. Oh yeah. Like, yes, yeah. absolutely. Do you guys work at the salon right now? So we both do. Uh, we both just had babies and we came back mm-hmm. and we've worked it out. So we're both working two half days on clients. And um, then we babysit each other's baby. <laughs> I not love there. that. So it works That's out perfectly. Awesome. But we are transitioning into not being so much in the salon. I do yeah, well, want one half day once a week. Yeah, I think that's good. You know, it's something that I learned through Tony Robbins is, do you want to be an owner? Do you want to be an operator in your business? And I didn't really think of it that way. But when you start a business, a lot of the times you don't think about like the long term. And, you know, a lot of people start a business because they want to sell it or because things change. And I think that's totally 100% okay. Uh, For me, I stepped out of the salon this year, but I did notice like a huge um, decline in the clients and of course the, the revenue that we had at the salon, but I've been pouring my heart and everything into my online space because that's where I feel like I make the most impact. And I also make the most financial impact for myself. So, and it's what I love to do. Like I love creating videos and stuff. So, um, it's definitely something that I'm not really in the salon. So for those ladies who are like, what does she do on a daily daily basis? It's not, I don't really work at the salon anymore. I just kind of hop in there once in a while. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> there you go. I was going to say, can you talk more about what that transition looked like and like things you're doing? Because you said, I think that's going to be surprising to a lot of people that your online businesses are creating more Let's see. More revenue. More than revenue. Online, yeah. Or sorry. Than your online. Studio. Okay. Say that again. <laughs> <laughs> that your online businesses are generating more revenue than your services were. So like yeah. some tips or some ideas or what you're doing to generate that revenue online. Yeah. So when I started the business, my mobile spray tanning business, I grew just the salon itself or the services itself uh, to six figures within, I think, two years. On top of that, I realized like really six months into spray tanning that we were missing in our industry something that was really, really important. And that was a really good spray tan education that didn't, that wasn't promoting a certain brand. So like a brand neutral spray tan training type of academy um, 
where it also taught women how to operate a business and also market their business because you could be the best spray tanner in the world, but if you don't know how to market your business, you're probably not going to be that great at it and you're not going to be that successful. It's not going to be sustainable. So for me, that was the most important part that I saw missing in my own training. So I decided to create that. And what I did was I worked with a couple of different people, including a business mentor, and, and they helped me put together um, the program. So I started offering online training programs as well as in-person trainings about six months into starting the spray tanning business. So I think, um, first off, I got a lot of a lot of people talking shit about that because they're like, well, she doesn't have enough like experience, yada, yada, yada. Spray tanning isn't that difficult once you get the foundation down. And I think that I'm smart enough to figure out like what is actually going to make a successful business versus what is not. Because a lot of the people that were saying that were people that were in the industry for like 10, 15 years and just doing mobile spray tanning still after 15 years. So it's like, I want to learn from somebody who's like growing and who's actually like doing the thing that I want to do personally. So whether that's like a salon owner or whatever the case may be. So what I ended up doing, which is like creating that program. We um, so we had like a brand neutral spray tan training program. So basically, um, we would do education on multiple different types of brands of solution. And then we would also teach on marketing and the business aspect of it. So I started seeing a lot of people coming in and doing the in-person training, but after about year four, I saw this transition from in-person training into the online training model, getting really like picking up speed. And this was great because at this moment, I believe it was around the time of my separation. So it was like, yeah, I was not wanting to work at all. And the universe, like, I feel like always takes care of me in this sense, but I was seriously just so freaking depressed. I didn't care about anything. And I was able to sustain my salon because I delegated the work to somebody else. But also I started seeing, I was able to like take care of myself financially because I started seeing a lot more people um, go online and purchase the online training program, which is now something that we've helped so many people in different countries with. And it's really like my, my thing that I love so much because it's passive income while creating such an impact on all of these women. So that's what we do now. And in addition to that, I also have a bunch of marketing courses um, because I see that that's like a huge need in the beauty industry and we don't have that. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. And that's the best part about online is you put in the effort. Once you create all the content, you do everything you would do in a live training, you just record it. And then it's up there to be passively generating income, especially like, like you said, when you're having hard times and you don't want to be working to still be growing your business. I love that. Yeah. So do you have any, maybe like three hot tips for marketing? Because it sounds like you, I mean, obviously have done a really good job marketing your business and you have courses on marketing. And I think that's where a lot of people miss the mark in the industry is marketing. Yeah. So I think a lot of people get overwhelmed, right? So a lot of people think about, oh my God, I have to be on Yelp. I have to be on Google. I have to be on um, all of these online platforms, social media platforms, newsletter marketing, and all of the things. But I would say for those who are seriously overwhelmed and they're just like, I don't even know where to start, start small. Just because somebody else is doing all the things doesn't mean you have to do all the things. And so that would be my first tip is pick two to three, maybe one to three. Let's just do that. One to three platforms 
that you feel like you could stay consistent on. Because if you're not consistent on them, you don't just don't do them because people are going to find you and they're going to be like, this girl hasn't posted since December, you know, and it's like now January. Um, and then they're not going to trust you. So like the whole thing when it comes to marketing is building that trust, building that trust with your clients and being consistent with your audience. Because otherwise, if you're not showing up for them online, how are you going to show up for them when they actually pay you money type of thing? So that's kind of what's in their mind. Um, the second thing that I would say is video marketing is, I would say, necessary at this point. So if you're not doing video marketing, it's really important for you to get in front of the camera, even though it can be a little bit daunting and really kind of annoying sometimes and very scary. Um, I think you have to be real with yourself. Like, why are you really scared of it? Is it because you're afraid of the judgments of others? What is it that you're afraid of? And I am such like, I, I, I care what other people think, but I really don't at the same time, you know, like obviously you don't want to hear bad things about you, but I also understand that anybody's perception of me is actually just a mirror of themselves. So for me, it's like, if you're judging me and you're just nitpicking at me because I'm on video, like that's something that you have to take a look at on your own and identify why you're being so negative and mean. Um, if on the contrary to that, like if you see these really happy people that are always like, you know, encouraging other women and stuff like that, it's because they're genuinely happy. So it's a mirror. And so I think knowing that has allowed me to let go of the care of anybody's judgments of me. So video get on that as soon as possible, even if it's a small little one minute intro of like what you do, who you are, where you're from, et cetera. And then the last tip that I would say, there's so many, right? There's so many good ones. Mm -hmm. um, I would say this is kind of like a mindset thing too. It's like, take, take action, uh, take messy action if, if you need to. Like I look at my ads when I first started and holy hell, they were bad, like <laughs> really bad. Yeah. I think we've all been there. <laughs> yeah. So I love to work with perfectionists because I am not very much of a perfectionist myself. And I love to kind of walk them through like the perfectionist in you needs to kind of, you need to let go of that because it's never going to be perfect. It's never going to be the perfect time. It's never going to be perfect as far as like what you're putting out there. And that's okay because it it makes you relatable. Like yes. you're a human. It's fine. <laughs> okay. Wait, I have a question. I forgot that I wanted to ask this. What time are you going to bed if you're waking up to work at <laughs> two and four in the morning? Yeah, I'm a grandma. So I go to bed at like eight to 10. You're getting like four hours of sleep. <laughs> Six at the most. Dang. Yeah. Bless your yeah. soul. You're dedicated. But also like you, you look like you've slept 12 hours, so I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not stressed out. Like I am not stressed out. I don't, That's if good. I ever feel like I need to take a rest day, I totally do without apologizing to anybody, you know, very unapologetically take that rest day because I used to beat myself up over rest days, but I realized like you need to slow down to speed up. And yeah. for me, it's like, I sit on my couch all day with my two little dogs. I'm fine. Like, I don't have to see anybody for a day. I'm happy. So, because I'm kind of like an intro extrovert. I'm very strange like that. But um, yeah, I always feel like rejuvenated. And if I don't, then I just take a, take a little break. Yeah, I think that's important. Um, I feel like there's so many times where you get so overwhelmed or you just like, you're just like pushing it to the limits. And it's like, you're not going to get any good work done when you're like in that headspace or in that like 
trying and trying. So I think little breaks. We are big advocates for breaks. If you if <laughs> if you set up your business correctly, then it should be able to sustain and keep producing income through those breaks and through those hard times. Plus, like totally, this is our life. It's like you're not you don't you're not just like working to pay bills and die, right? You have to enjoy right. it. So if taking a rest day once a week or going on vacation is what's going to help you enjoy your life, then do it. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Like I, people that don't, especially like when I date, when I start dating somebody new, they're like, you work so much. And I'm just like, this is my hobby. This is what I actually like to do because I chose this life. Okay. So if they don't understand that it's a problem because they see it and they're like, oh my gosh, she has to work all the time. Or she like, they think I'm like suffering or something. And I'm like, no, I love this. Like, this is what I enjoy doing. I much, I would rather create content and like, I mean, I used to want to be an actress, you know? So for me, it's like being in front of camera is what I love to do. And I don't think a lot of people get that. They're like, oh my gosh, you work so much. So I think, yeah, you have to find something that you love to do. And if you're in this industry and you're like, uh, you know, I don't really like seeing clients or like, I don't like being around people, then you probably need to pick something else because you're going to be dragging your feet to work every single day. And that sucks. And, you know, you can always change something. So if like something needs to change in terms of maybe the way that you're doing something. Um, so for example, say if you're working one-on-one with clients and you're trading that time for money and say, you're like, Hey, I really want to start an online program. So that way I'm not you know, doing the time for money trade and I can actually make money while I sleep, then do that girl. Like you're not a tree. You can move anytime that you want to. You're not stuck anywhere. Um, so be creative with what you want and just think about like, what do people need and solve the problem? What are people willing to pay for? What do you love doing? Like answer all those questions and then you can create something out of that. Yeah. And just because someone else is doing it doesn't mean you shouldn't do it because you put your own spin on it. You put, you have something that is going to resonate different with different people. So it's like, I feel like it's really easy to be like, well, that's already been done. She's already doing that. That's already happened. But no, it's not already been done if you haven't done it because you have different audience. You have different gifts that you are going to bring to it that are going to attract those people. So before we wrap things up, tell us about your live event that's coming up, where we can find out about it, what's happening, how we can join it, all the things. Yeah. So, um, so the live event, it's called wake up to level up. It's kind of a spinoff off of my uh, podcast called wake up to level up and our Facebook group. So I created a Facebook group probably four or five, maybe six years ago now. It's been a long time and we have about 6,500 beauty business professionals in there. And so what I kept on seeing was a lack of connection. So I saw a lot of questions being asked. I saw that a lot of people felt alone because they just didn't have people that understood what they were doing. Um, A lot of people lacked support and all of that stuff. So actually wake up to level up. The words came to me in a meditation and I immediately thought like I need to do a podcast and I also need to do a live event where we can actually see each other in person. So uh, the live event is going to be September 25th 
through the 27th in San Diego. And we had our first one this last year in 2019, and it was incredible. We had about 150 women from a couple of different countries come through and all over the United States. And we're really looking forward to this one because it's going to be a lot more intentional, um, a lot of amazing, amazing speakers. And basically the whole premise is for us to grow and glow together um, through mindset and marketing work. So that's kind of what it's going to be all about. And um, I have a code for you for you ladies who want to join us. If you guys are interested, you guys can go to wakeuptolevelup.com and use the code BEAUTYMAVENS to get 20% off your ticket. That is amazing. And mm. I think the in-person events are so important. We talked about having businesses online and it's so amazing. Like right now, we don't have to be in the same state and we can Skype each other and get these resources. But then it's easy to get caught up in the online world and then not actually make real connections in real life. So I love, love, love that you have this live event. I'm so glad it was so successful last year and I'm sure this year (laughs) will be even better. So everyone, make sure you go. It's wakeuptolevelup.com. Is that Mm -hmm. right? Yep. Okay. Go get your tickets. (laughs) That's so fun. Um, But thank you so much, Kelly, for Skyping with us today and for coming on the podcast and sharing a little bit of your story and a little bit of the behind the scenes it's been so fun chatting with you where can everyone find you if they want more kelly in their life (laughs) thank you so much for having me yeah i love doing these podcasts just because the way that we're able to connect is so awesome like i can't even imagine being alive like even five ten years ago not being able to do this so um so everyone can find me on instagram at i am underscore kelly ann or I am very active on our Facebook group called Wake Up to Level Up for Beauty Business Babes. Okay. Yeah, that sounds like a fun place I want to go join. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. Would... So many girls from all over the world. It's crazy. It's really fun. That's so cool. Okay. So make sure you go and check her out on Instagram and Facebook and then pop over and make sure you're following along with us on Instagram at Beauty Mavens Collective. And we will see you next week. XO Beauty Mavens.